When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 710 ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And we're getting you set tonight with all the wagering and fantasy information you need for the NBA, MLB, golf, and yes, March Madness. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Well, as we know, there is no more March Madness. But yes, everything else uh, we are getting you ready for. Um, uh, We've got a great show lined up for you. I I feel like I say that each and every week, uh, but it's because we do. Um, uh, So first things first, I know we're on on a Tuesday night, not typically on Tuesday. Uh, Many of uh, the nights that we're on is either Wednesday or Thursday. And this coming coming up in May uh, on every Thursday. So that's typically our our go to night. Um, But obviously a lot going on with the Lakers. And of course, the NFL draft is coming your way on Thursday. So we're with you tonight to get you locked and loaded and ready for what is coming. Uh, But before we do, let's bring you up to speed on what's going on right now. Um, So in the NBA, buckle up because the Hawks defeated the Boston Celtics in Beantown. Yes, you heard it correctly. 119 to 110. Trey Young was phenomenal um he uh he had a a three-pointer that just sealed the deal 38 points 13 assists Uh, boston had an opportunity to try to shoot and 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 tie the game uh but it was like 0.09 seconds left just barely any time to get the ball in and uh, jason tatum took the shot and of course missed so now the series 3-2 and now it heads back to atlanta And Atlanta has played extremely well at home in hot Atlanta. So very interesting right now with this uh, Hawks-Celtics series. That's for sure. I was not expecting this. I was expecting the Boston Celtics uh, to sure this up. Because here's another thing. One thing that we remember from last year, you know, the reason, in my opinion, the reason why we saw the Boston Celtics uh, not win was because of this type of stuff, right? Like, We know the Boston Celtics are a much better team than the Atlanta Hawks, but dilly-dallying around in the postseason and and having these series go six, go seven. Meanwhile, the 76ers are sitting back and Embiid's getting healthy and um, God knows what else they're doing there in in the city of brotherly love. So I, I I just don't, I don't get this Celtics team. I just don't get it. And the the longer that this series continues, giving the Atlanta Hawks... And here's another thing. The Atlanta Hawks, they had no DeJounte Murray because he was suspended because of his contact with one of the refs. And uh, this Hawks team still beat the Celtics. Uh, So that's where that stands right now. Uh, The T-Wolves and the Nuggets going at it as well. This is a close one. So as we know, Denver leads the series 3-1. They lost to the Timberwolves. Uh, in game four, 
And uh, right now it's a close one. Denver is up by two, 86-84, about nine minutes left uh, in the game. So I will keep you posted there as well. Anthony Edwards, uh, my play here was Anthony Edwards over points. Um, and what was that? What did I play it at? Uh, I want to say I want to say it was 26 and a half. So he's at 24 points right now and six rebounds. Uh, so with nine minutes left, uh, I, I think I'm looking in good shape. Uh, Murray sitting there with 33 points. Uh, and then, of course, uh, just about two minutes left in the first half with the Clippers and the Suns. The Clippers up 64 to 59 against the Suns. So three really good NBA games. Uh, we've got Eric Moody, who's going to be joining us on the program tonight to look ahead to the four games on the slate tomorrow in the NBA. That Knicks-Cavs series, definitely not disappointing, right? And so now the Knicks are up 3-1 in that series. They head back to Cleveland tomorrow night. I think the Knicks in this series tomorrow and sit back and, see uh, just how the East ends up because let's be honest, you've got the Heat. They're up on the series 3-1 against arguably the best team in the East, the Bucs having the number one seed. So what if the Heat win? What if the Heat beat the Bucs? What if Atlanta upsets Boston? What if the Knicks beat the Cavs, which I do believe is going to happen? So then where does everything fall? And the 76ers, as we know, they're already sitting back and, and, you know, eating popcorn and watching how this whole thing plays out. And, of course, we got the Lakers and the Grizzlies going at it tomorrow in Memphis. As we know, the Lakers up 3-1. Do they put the medal on the pedal? Right? Pedal on the medal? Medal on the pedal? Um, Go for the jugular? In this out? You've got LeBron James and AD, who both played over 40 minutes in that overtime and only one day rest uh, for game number five. So I actually have a little bit of a lean towards the Grizzlies because of all that. But we will see. And then, of course, like I said, the Heat box heat up on that series 3-1. They play tomorrow. And, of course, the Golden State Warriors and the Kings. Man, I don't know. I don't. And, and by the way, we've got Tyler and Rebecca who are producing the show tonight. Guys, I don't know. What, what do you feel has been a more entertaining series? The Warriors and Kings or the Knicks and Cavs? I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence with both. I think they've both been excellent, but is there one that you feel has been more entertaining than the other? I I gotta say Warriors Kings has been way more exciting than I think anybody would have anticipated. I think everybody just ruled these kings out. And the fact that this series has been as exciting and close and competitive as it's been, I mean I for sure have been captivated by it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in the NHL, uh, the Stars beat the Minnesota Wild. So now uh, the Stars up on that series 3-2. Believe it or not, the Islanders beat the Hurricanes in Carolina. How about that? Carolina, one of the best home ice teams, uh home ice advantages uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, but now Carolina still leads the series 3-2. But big shout-out to the Islanders, that's for sure. And right now, a lot of goals that were scored in the first period with the Kings and the Oilers. Uh, Oilers up on the Kings 4-2 right now. But five goals were scored in the first period. So you've got about eight minutes left in the second period. So I'll keep you posted there as well. Uh, So uh, we've got Stormy Bonantani, who's going to be joining us on the show as well. The XFL, 
They are entering into their playoff weekend. They've got a game on Saturday and Sunday. Stormy will have some plays for us, and we'll talk some NHL with her. Like I said, Eric Moody is going to be joining us on the program. Uh, We'll take a look ahead to the uh, Wednesday night slate in the NBA, giving you some picks and plays. And we're going to spend really the majority of the first 90 minutes of this program talking all things NFL draft. This is my favorite, ah, one of, I'll say, one of my favorite weeks of the year. I love, love, love the NFL draft. I have loved the NFL draft for years, but now since we can wager on it, and this is a wagering show, (laughs) watch out. So Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network is going to join me next. Uh, We're going to look big picture. Obviously, here's the thing. And I've been covering drafts for so long. I've been wagering on NFL drafts for so long. It's really hard. Once you get past, like, especially this draft is going to be really interesting uh, because there's, 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 so smo- there's so much smoke mirrors here. Um, once you get past, like, five or six, you just don't know. So to sit here and, and say that you can pick all, and, and this year it's 31 picks, that you could sit here and say that you can get every, all 31 right It's just, it's impossible. But can you anticipate what the first five, six, seven picks are going to be? I think you can. And so Cynthia and I do a dive there. So many question marks in regard to the quarterback situation, right? Will Bryce Young go number one overall to Carolina? That's what a lot of people think. Prior to the show starting earlier today, it was minus 1,600 that Bryce Young was going to go number one overall. About an hour before the show started, that dropped down to minus 800. Why? News broke that Will Levis told his family that he's going to go number one overall. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's just, and this is what, and this, it's, we're going to hear these rumors all the way up to Thursday night. Trust me. So Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network will join us. We'll look big picture in regard to how we think the NFL draft is going to start off. Daniel Wade from Locked In, Locked On Chargers is going to join us as well. The first hour, get an inside look at what can Charger fans realistically expect uh, for the draft. And Sarah Barshop is going to join us to talk about the Rams as well. So for the first 90 minutes, we are going to get you ready for the NFL draft. Round one comes your way on Thursday. Rounds two and three coming your way on Friday. And then, of course, the remainder on Saturday. So, um, So let's do it. Quick break. We come back. We'll hear from Cynthia Freeland next right here on 710 ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Welcome back. Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. Getting you ready for the NFL draft. It's one of my favorite weeks. So we're having one of my favorite people on the show. And that's Cynthia Freeland. You see her all over the NFL network. Uh, she's just absolutely phenomenal. And she might be the only person on this planet that loves the NFL draft more than I do. So Cynthia, great to have you on. Thank you, my friend. Ah, Thank you for having me. It's such a good week. I love the NFL draft. It's like the last time it's like hopeful for every team, right? Everyone's so happy. Everyone just won their, you know, version of the Super Bowl. It's great. All right, so let's dive into it. Uh, some of the big storylines out there, and let's let's try to help people win some money as they tune in. As of course uh, Thursday night is round one, 
Um, Friday night is round two and three. And of course, Saturday is the remainder. And obviously no bigger storyline than what's happening with this quarterback situation. So earlier this morning, Bryce Young going number one overall was like minus 1600. It now has dropped about an hour before we started the show. It's now dropped to minus 800. Apparently Will Levis a report has broke that Will Levis has told his family that he is going to go number one overall. So right now those odds are at four to one. I know you like CJ Stroud. I like CJ Stroud. A number of the scouts that I've spoken to the last two weeks feel that CJ Stroud has the higher ceiling here than anyone. He's 18 to one. So I do believe it, it, it has a shot with being one of these three guys. The world pretty much feels that it's going to be Bryce Young. What say you just, what are we, two days away, right? Two days away from the NFL draft, um, less than two days. What say you, where, where you're standing, where you're, what you're hearing, what you're feeling right now, who do you think is going to be the number one quarterback taken, Cynthia? Yeah, I think it's still Bryce Young. Um, it's funny because I I gotta get I gotta hand it to Will Levis's agents because they've really like whoever they're speaking to they've like really moved markets in Vegas so it's kind of amazing what's been going on but I just think that from everything I've heard from football people around the league for a, a lot of weeks now I, I I've just got to stick with that it's Bryce Young and good for good for his agent for making us all second kiss ourselves. <laughs> Right. Uh, here's the thing, though. I, I mean, Bryce Young minus 800. I still would you like I'm still telling people throw some money on Will Levis at four to one. Heck, throw some money on CJ Stroud now at 18 to one, because <laughs> we both know things change in a in in a New York second, especially in the 11th hour in a war room. Would you totally would is, <clears throat> is that something that you would do as well? It's, it's something that I'm telling I'm telling folks to do. I mean, look, the NFL is, like, very, very tricky when it comes to figuring out, like, the smoke screens and signals that people put up. You know, it's definitely – the odds are super intriguing. I mean, look, like, do it knowing that it's a long shot. Don't don't sit there thinking – you know, just be realistic about it because the, the truth is, is I think it's far more – it's probably far more intriguing what happens with number two than what happens at number one. I think number one is – is is decided and then i think number two and beyond could be i think there could even be trades i think texans the texans might go defense there's so many options yeah so all right so so let's jump to number two the texans i'm hearing they are going to go defense and i'm hearing it's going to be tyree wilson so uh, yeah. right now you could wager that it's Tyree Wilson at plus 130. Folks are saying, well, wait a minute. Isn't Will Anderson a better defensive player? Possibly. Scouts are telling me that he doesn't have that first explosive step as to why he is falling. Tyree Wilson, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, big man running fast. Can't go wrong with that at plus 130. That's where my money's rolling. I think it's going to be Tyree Wilson um, to the Texans at two. What say you? I, so I, I'm with you on that completely, but I, I want to say kind of why, because it's really interesting. Like, you know, look, D'Amico Ryan needs to kind of make his mark and he's obviously a defensive minded head coach. And that's an interesting note. And this is his former franchise. He has so many ties. If you 
speak to. I mean, look, both Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson have like great. They actually have really great personalities. But Tyree Wilson's like, I don't know. I I kind of like really took a liking to him after I got a chance to interview him. And every question was like, I just want to play football. Like he, but it, it wasn't you know in that in that way that seemed fake. It was like he just can't wait to play, and it just feels very pure. So. I, I love it, and I can see why they fell in love with his personality. Like, no NIL yeah. talk. No, it's just all football all the time. Like, love, love, love football. And then we move to, uh, so we're on the same page there. Then we move to uh, number three, and Arizona's sitting there. I, I think this is a great opportunity for Arizona to make a trade, possibly with, with Tennessee, especially if C.J. Stroud... Um, and Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are there. What do you see happening at three? Yeah, I think three is probably the most likely to be traded position, like in the entire draft for me, um, especially if or when, like if, if somehow, if somehow Will Levis does go first, which again, I, I don't think is the case, but it's possible, then it's going to be really interesting to see who jockeys to, to number three or even number two for that matter, because it, it just so many interesting points where they could they could go to different teams and different ways of viewing it. So because I think most people believe Bryce Young has the best college film, whether or not they think he's going to be the best pro is kind of what's up for grabs, not necessarily his film. So I don't know. It's going to be I think three is the, the I don't think that it's very high likelihood that the Cardinals pick at three. Right. I think that's I think that's a, a that's I think that's where we're going to see the first trade come in. And, and you make an excellent point. If Bryce Young and Stroud are still available, who knows what could be offered uh, for Houston at two. Uh, with that being said, we go to the Indianapolis Colts at four. And, and I know Will Levis has been uh, a number of mock drafts have Will Levis going to the Colts at four. But I'm hearing that they would rather take Anthony Richardson, which, by the way, you can wager that Anthony Richardson will go before Will Levis at like plus 175. It's some it, it's it's plus money. I, I'm not because now there's talk and speculation that he might go number one overall. I'm, I'm not as big on that wager than I am Anthony Richardson being chosen under four and a half picks. What say you? Yeah. What are you hearing about? What are you hearing about the Colts? You know, the funny part is the Colts keep saying like hilarious things. Like I love the past few days. It's been so funny. They're like, we like a number of quarterbacks. <laughs> They're like, really? You, there's not one you've narrowed it down to, you know, like it's just, it's just live. If I look to see who would have the best potential future with Shane Steichen, if the first two guys, and for me, that's Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, are off the board, then it is actually Anthony Richardson for me because of that kind of Jalen Hurts-like capability that you have and that ridiculously athletic upside. So, I mean, I can see it. I'd rather, for the sake of the player, I'd rather Anthony Richardson go someplace where he doesn't necessarily have to start right away. He's only made 13 career starts to begin with in college, so he could use a little developing, but that's not how the modern game usually goes. So, you know, I I do think that the Colts, especially with their run game, as strong as it is, and Jonathan Taylor likely being, you know, healthy again, I think that that's a good fit for him because a lot of signs point to the ability to use play action as what makes a a quarterback successful. So that would be a higher likelihood there than other places. But like I said, I I think it's funny that, that they're all kind of saying whatever, but I personally would like to see that fit. 
Uh, Anthony Richardson to go number four uh, to the Colts is plus 340. Uh, then we look at Seattle. They're sitting at five. I'm hearing Jalen Carter. And you could get that at even money right now. Um, are you hearing the same thing? I am hearing the same thing. I don't think Jalen Carter gets past – I mean, he doesn't get past six to me for sure. Um, but I would be surprised if Pete Carroll didn't take him, and that's actually a great fit for him, um, both for professional and personal reasons. So then, um, so then now we're looking at six, and to me now it's kind of like a crapshoot, like, oh, because we really don't know who's still going to be on the board. and what's, uh, But what we do know is Detroit does need um, a corner. In regard to Gonzalez or um, – uh, why or, or Witherspoon? I'm yeah, hearing mm-hmm. Gonz- I'm hearing Gonzalez before Witherspoon. Are you, who who do you feel is going to be the first corner taken off the board? You know, I actually think it will still be Witherspoon. I like I I think the two of them are both kind of one like one and one a, but I also think that the physicality that you get from Devin Witherspoon is something that a guy like Aaron Glenn, with his own background being a defensive back, is is something that is a big fit. I would be surprised if they like Gonzalez, who's a very fluid athlete, very, very good, but just a different type of, of playmaker than, um, than Witherspoon. I, I feel like the fit kind of matches more with the personalities in Detroit with uh, Witherspoon. Again, Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network joining us here. I, I wish I could sit here and go through all 31 picks uh but again i i think once once we get to like six or seven with so many question marks uh, i think that really would be a waste of time uh let's talk specifically about positions right wide receiver um everybody knows who's who's going to go number one overall um but let, let's talk about who potentially could go two i'm hearing that there's a number of teams that are in love with jalen hyatt the wide receiver from tennessee you could actually wager that he'll be the second wide receiver taken at 25 to 1. we're taking a shot on that with those odds cynthia i like the odds though that's like definitely a fun market um i i do think that he has a shot for that i mean look it's that's a lot of go routes. Let's be clear. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, he's a he's a, a really he's a fast guy. His change of direction isn't quite as fast as some of the other guys. But if you're talking about that straight line speed, like, see you later. He's just absolutely out of there. Um, I do, however, think though, like I think some other guys have a chance to go ahead of him, including but not limited to, you know, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. But again, with those odds, I like that. I like that. If you're if you're talking about strictly for like a nice upside situation, in regard to tight ends, a lot of people feel this is a toss up, right? Mayor or Kincaid? To me, Mayor the more all around tight end, Kincaid the better receiving tight end. I've got Kincaid going first at plus one ten. Agree or disagree? I I think Mayor goes first, but you're getting plus odds, so might as well. You know, like because again, it's it's flavors. Both of them are very, very, very talented. So, and the Kincaid connection to, you know, obviously, you know, catching passes could be viewed as kind of a way to, to skirt around getting a pass catcher. So, or getting a getting a wide receiver. So, I, I don't know. Like, that one to me is, you're getting plus odds, great, but I still think Mayer goes first, personally. Offensive line. Number of people feel that Paris Johnson will be the first offensive line chosen you could get that at minus 150 not bad you're not laying too much juice but the number two i believe is going to go to the jets 
as uh, as Jones. I think Jones is going to be the numbered offensive lineman taken. Um, Broderick Jones, and you can get that at plus three fifty. I'm going Skaronsky there. I like Skaronsky a lot. Some people have some questions is, about if he's a guard or if he's a tackle with his right. arm length, but right. to me, there's no it's there's no debate. He's a tackle, and to me, he goes too. I think a lot of those questions come from the fact that Northwestern didn't really have a great record last season, so they had to say, "Well, if he's so good, how come he couldn't make a difference for the whole record?" And that's kind of a you know a, a flawed argument. He he has a lot of Rashawn Slater characteristics in him maybe not quite as fast as Rashawn Slater but he looks a lot like Rashawn Slater all right before we let you go I've kept you on way too long Uh, I can talk about the draft with you for hours and hours and hours you know that um uh before we let you go what is your what's what's your favorite like what's your what's your sure lock do you have one heading into uh the next few days like what what do you feel like trade number what is the trade number in the first round Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't have that up. But but yeah, I don't have that either. Uh, I think if it's something like six or seven, I I think it, I think we're gonna have at least six. So you think you'll have at least six trades? Yeah, I think that so there's you, gonna be a ton of trades. So so if, so if the trade number is out there at five and a half, you're like t- the over is six. Yep. Yep. Six okay. or more. Let's go. I'm I'm sorry, I lied. One last question for you, because you are on here in L.A. I'm not even going to ask you about the Rams, because they don't pick until Friday. Uh, but the Chargers are sitting there at 21. Um, obviously, they need some, some more talent for Justin Herbert. Um, if there's a running back there, I don't think Robinson's going to last, but maybe Gibbs will be there. Um, maybe a wide receiver, maybe a tight end. Who do you have the Chargers drafting at 21? You know, I actually have the Chargers trading down with the Rams, keep it all L.A.-centric, because I think that the Rams need to go up and get the right corner because they're needy with corner. And then in, early in the second round, I think then they go get a, one of the receivers who I think falls further than people think. Ideally, a, a slot guy to complement some of their – and then, by the way, they need to figure out the Austin Eckler situation because they got to keep him. Okay. <laughs> Cynthia, again, thank you as always, my friend. We'll all be watching you on the NFL Network uh, the next few days. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Have fun. You got it. It is. It is a ton of fun. I love the draft. She's Cynthia Freeland. I'm Anita Marks. You're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. I'm Anita Marks. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. Uh, again, just uh, talking to Cynthia Freeland. I just <laughs> I, call me call me a draft geek. I don't know. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. I really do. And, you know, I I know there's a lot of people out there like they only care about what their team is going to do. And I get that. I understand. I just I I love the whole I love what we're hearing. I love the news that's coming out. I love all the talk and speculation. Obviously, you want to be right. You always want to be right in life. 
Um, but it's just, to me, it's, it's such a guessing game and, you know, you've got teams and general managers that are trying to keep everything secret and they don't want to show their hand or they'll, uh, leak wrong information. So it's out there. So one team is thinking one thing where, uh, realistically the team is going to do another. And so it's just, I find it so fun. Uh, with that being said, uh, Daniel Wade is joining us now. Uh, Locked on Chargers is his podcast, so uh, we thought it'd be great to bring him on to talk about the Chargers and what uh, Charger fans can realistically expect from the Chargers. Sarah Barshop, by the way, is going to be joining us at the top of the next hour, so Ram fans, hang tight. Even though you are not going to be active and attractive as of right now, in round one, you never know. The Rams could trade back in, but nonetheless. And we just had, by the way, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing great, Anita. Thanks for having me back on. I'm super excited for the draft this week. You know, NFL continues to rule the offseason. It does. It does. So we just had Cynthia Freeland on from the NFL Network. And um, she believes, I asked her, my last question for her is, what do the Chargers do at 21? She has them trading out of the first round with the Rams, the Rams trading into the first round, potentially getting one of the top wide receivers that I'm sure they would hope would still be there around 21. Um, So uh, let me ask you, somebody who's got their finger on the pulse of this team better than most, obviously locked on chargers, your podcast. What do you anticipate the chargers to do with that number 21 pick? That's a great question because it would be, the first time Tom Telesco has ever traded back in the NFL draft. He has never done it in 10 drafts with the Chargers. The Chargers should absolutely trade back. It's, going, it's kind of an interesting year this year because if you go back and look at what the Chargers have done, especially in the first round where they've had a lot of hits, you know, most recently Rashawn Slater, guys like Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Justin Herbert, another one. But all of those guys in those classes always met a great need. Everyone says best player available, right? But obviously your roster matters. This year, it's a lot more unclear after re-signing their starting right tackle with Trey Pipkins, re-signing a different middle linebacker to replace Drew Tranquil. There's not a lot of open starting spots available. So the Chargers will be picking either a depth piece or someone to compete for a starting spot. You know, But I think when you look at it, it's probably going to be an edge rusher, a wide receiver, tight end. I think the Chargers more than likely stay put. I think they should trade back. But if anything, Tom Telesco's history tells us he's more likely to trade up than he is to trade back. All right. So uh, let's let's talk about the team in, in regard to their needs, right? Linebacker, tight end, edge rusher, wide receiver. Is is this a Chargers? Is this a Chargers team that believes best player available without need? Do they kind of toe the line? Or is, is it all about need? Where, where's their draft philosophy? Yeah, so they've gotten really lucky where they've had a lot of guys you could argue were the best player available at the time and also filled a great need, like Rashawn Slater slipping to 13. And guys like that, we haven't really seen Tom Telesco where he's been in a spot where he doesn't just have a glaring need sticking out in him, a guy that he can take in the first round. So it is going to be a depth spot for the most part. I think for the Chargers, they feel like they have to find someone who can really be a contributor in 2023. I think that's what you're looking for. And that's why, to me, 
if you're looking at edge rusher, if you're looking at defense with Brandon Staley as the head coach, maybe that's the move. Joey Bosa missed 12 games last season. Or you could go wide receiver where you had someone like Keenan Allen in and out of the lineup and Mike Williams coming off of a back surgery that ended his season in the playoffs. So this will be an interesting year to see where Tom Telesco goes because we've always seen him draft for need in the first round, even if he says it's the best player available. If you can, and again, before we start talking more in, in regard to specifics, uh, give give the Chargers fans out there listening to the program a little peek behind the curtain. You know, what what do you know about the war room? What is it about? Who at the end of the day has the final say? Does everybody get a voice inside the war room? Uh, like, like everybody's war room uh, changes. Like, you know... Um, you know, there, there's some, right, when um, when John Elway was with the Denver Broncos, it was just those two dudes that were in the war room. I mean, right. we've seen, granted it was COVID, but, you know, we saw, we know that uh, Bill Belichick has the final say, right? Like, so, you know, how does how does the organizational culture, how does it, it like, o- operate yeah. during the draft? Yeah. Yeah, they definitely have a, a pretty – you know, cohesive unit of guys who are all in there to make the decision. Brandon Staley will have a say. And I think one thing we've seen with Tom Telesco, especially in the Anthony Lynn and Brandon Staley eras, is their head coaches have a lot more say than I think most other head coaches potentially, depending on the situation. But when Justin Herbert was drafted in 2020, Anthony Lynn absolutely loved Kenneth Murray. The Chargers ended up trading back into the first round to go make sure they got Kenneth Murray And that, I think, was one of the first signs where you saw, okay, the head coach definitely has a lot of leeway, a lot of pull in this war room when it happens. But at the end of the day, it's coming down to several key people. It's Brandon Staley. It's Tom Telesco. It's John Spanos, the president of football operations, and a couple of guys from their scouting team who have put together all the packages and the detailed profiles on all these players and have come up with the big board. All of those guys are in on the discussion when it comes down to it, though, Tom Telesco is the guy pulling, pushing the final button. Okay. Uh, Daniel Wade joining us here on, on Bet LA, giving us, like I said, a, 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 a quick look behind the curtain in, in regard to how this all plays out. Um, the Chargers had the slowest wide receiving group based <laughs> on the NGS tracking data, right? So um, there's that. And then also, there's some talk and speculation that Austin Eckler very well could be traded this week. If not, this will be his last year with the Chargers. So, obviously, you know, some concern at the running back situation. Offensively, they could use a tight end as well. And there's this is a really deep, talented tight end group coming out. So, mm-hmm. for a skilled position offensive player, you know, where do you think they go if that's the direction they're headed? I think if they go a skill position offensive player, even with the tight end class being deep, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Chargers went there in round one. I was surprised when looking through it just that Tom Tusco has only taken two tight ends in his 10 drafts with the Chargers. So not something he's addressed a lot, but something that him and head coach Brandon Staley have both been kind of open about needing to add to that room, needing to improve that room. The guy that makes a ton of sense for me in the first round is Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, the tight end, just because I think of Kellen Moore, the Chargers' new offensive coordinator, and his affinity of running 21 personnel and having two tight ends on the field at the same time, but also having tight ends who can block 
and receive as well. The Chargers don't have guys on their roster that fit that profile, and he is a really solid, you know, safe prospect, I would say, if he makes it to them at 21. The real interesting ones are guys that don't fit the profile the Chargers usually go for. Guys like Zay Flowers, an explosive playmaking, creating wide receiver, or guys like Jordan Addison, someone they've seen up close at USC. Those guys don't fit the height measurements the Chargers usually use in their prototypical receiver. If you look at Tom Telesco's draft history, he has a type. If you're looking at Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, guys they've drafted in the first three rounds, all of those guys are six foot one plus. They love having taller receiver, bigger bodied receivers. Now comes this draft class with guys like Zay Flowers at 5'8", 5'9", and Jordan Addison at 5'10". Not a lot of size in this upcoming draft class, but I think what should happen is, hey, Justin Herbert's about to get a massive extension. We just saw what Jalen Hurts made. How do we get cheap, explosive weapons that fit what Justin Herbert does well? That should be the focus. I think the safest pick is probably Michael Mayer, someone that definitely Tom Telesco has picked guys like him in the past, has picked a ton of Notre Dame players, the connections might make enough sense for them to go that way. Yet he's not really an explosive playmaking type. Yeah, I, I do believe that Kincaid is going to go before Mayer. So I think there's a very good shot that he could be available at 21. Um, on the defensive side, before I let you go, let's talk about the defensive side. Of course, we saw Joey Bosa uh, getting injured this year and you know it, it really it exposed that pass rush because there wasn't really a next man up as we know yeah. Khalil Mack this very well could be his last year um, you mentioned uh, you know in regard to losing uh, the, the linebacker so on the defensive side if there was a defensive player that was still on the board at 21 is there a guy that maybe they would swerve and say okay we know we've got some needs on offense, but boy, we can't pass on this defensive player if he's still available at 21. Or maybe there's some guys that you feel will fall to the second round that Charger fans should be aware of. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're staying put at 21, the guy that really, I think, would make them reconsider going offense in round one is Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia. Georgia, another school since Brandon Staley has taken over, the Chargers have drafted a ton of players from Georgia. They like the coaching staff and have good relationships with the, the Georgia coaching staff, so they get really in-depth kind of in-detail breakdowns of these guys as players on and off the field, and I know those connections mean a lot to them when they're drafting these players and fits the prototype that Brandon Staley likes. He likes long-armed edge rushers that can hold their own and keep contained in the running game, and I think he brings – a different kind of pass rush than you get from Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Khalil Mack's a power rusher. Joey Bosa is much more of a technique kind of finesse rusher. He's a finesse rusher because he's more of a hand technician. He has a ton of moves in the tool belt. With Nolan Smith, you're just getting a freak athlete that ran a 4.3940 at 240 pounds, which is obviously the biggest concern with him is just the size. But if someone like that ends up dropping, I think they would have a hard time passing up. But I think the big thing here for me, Anita, that's hard for me, and I keep coming back to it. Don't rule out Brandon Staley going cornerback early on in this draft. It doesn't seem like initially looking at the roster like it's a huge need, but J.C. Jackson coming back from a patellar tendon injury. Michael Davis headed into the last year of his contract. Brandon Staley loves his defensive back, so I think that's kind of a dark horse of where they could go if they decide to go defense at 21. Great stuff, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Enjoy the draft this week. All right, Anita, you too. Thanks for having me.
You got it. Daniel Wade joining us here on Bet LA. Chargers fans getting you ready for the NFL draft coming your way week one. Um, I should say uh, round one coming your way on Thursday. And you'll be able to listen to that right here on 710 ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. That would be me, Anita Marks, getting you ready for the NFL draft. All right, so we've heard from Cynthia Freeland. We've heard from Daniel Wade. We're going to hear from Sarah Barshop uh, coming your way in about 10 minutes. Uh, she covers the Rams for ESPN, so we'll get, we'll get the latest from her. Um, but based on the conversations uh, that I had with Cynthia and, and a number of other scouts out there, I, I, I want to give you uh, a number of the plays that I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna play. Um, on Thursday night and, and of course throughout the draft. So number one is, and, and obviously it's, it's, it's the quarterback conversation, right? It's the quarterback conversation. So, um, a number, a, a number of people believe that, um, Bryce Young is going to, a, a number of people believe that Bryce Young is going to be the number one quarterback selected and chances are he will be. Here's what my problem is. He's small. I had a scout tell me that he is Doug Flutie without the flair. And even though, yes, there are small quarterbacks that have had success, Russell Wilson, um, Drew Brees, to me, those are outliers. Okay? Those are outliers to me. When, when Bryce Young comes to the sideline and he's addressing Nick Saban, they're eye to eye. Nick Saban might be shorter than me. Like, I I know you know it it, it states on his media guide is that he's six um, two, but just no way. Like I, I think on a good like he wakes up in the morning and he's five ten. When he go to bed, when he goes to bed at night, he's five nine. I just and and on t- and it's not just his height. He's He's little. Like, there's a chance that no matter how much pasta that he'll eat in life, he'll never get to over 200 pounds. So, I just, I have, there's a lot of reservations for me when it comes to Bryce Young. Um, I do believe, and in, in, in a number of my conversations I've had with a number of, of scouts, believe that C.J. Stroud has the most potential, the highest ceiling is, is, is truly the better quarterback, the best quarterback coming out. Those that value Will Levis value, you know, obviously that his, his arm strength uh, can throw the ball further, harder, faster than anyone else. But is that what makes great quarterbacks in the NFL? Well, I mean, yeah, you look at Josh Allen, he's got unbelievable arm strength, but you need accuracy. There's a lot of things that Will Levis does not possess that, let's say, Josh Allen has that, that someone would need in order to, to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Anthony Richardson is a project, but is a project that, again, a number of scouts have told me, if coached up properly and taught properly, very well could be better than Lamar Jackson and better than Cam Newton. So I can understand a team like the Colts 
taking a shot on Anthony Richardson because the 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 the, the potential is there. And last but not least, um, Hendon Hooker, quarterback for Tennessee, who unfortunately uh, tore his knee up. Um, I do believe that he's going to go in the first round uh, because he's there's there's just he checks a lot of boxes in regard to skill set. So quarterback wise, how am I going to wager this? Um, C.J. Stroud to go number one overall is eighteen to one. Will Levis to go number one overall is four to one. Even though the majority of people believe that. Bryce Young is going to go number one. I'm still going to lay it. Because as I had the conversation with Cynthia Freeland, you never know. Uh, Crazy stuff happens in a war room, especially in the 11th hour, especially when owners are involved. And they might be second-guessing their decision on Bryce Young because of his height and his weight. That's the thing. All of these quarterbacks have warts. All of them. Some more evident than others. So it's not like... It's not like you're going in and you've got a Trevor Lawrence sitting there going, can't miss. He is hands down the best quarterback in this draft. Like, turn the ticket in, like, on Monday. There's there's none of that with these quarterbacks. So, um, Anthony Richardson, uh, to go under four and a half picks, I'm playing that as well. You can get that at plus money. And Hendon Hooker. Quarterback for Tennessee to go in the first round at minus 175. I'm playing that. Uh, Tyree Wilson, first non-quarterback to be drafted at minus 150. I'm all over it. And Cynthia Freeland agrees with me. She even said, and, and she had the opportunity of meeting and speaking to him. I have not. But everything that I'm hearing is uh, the scouts do feel that he's the best defensive player in this draft. Uh, one scout told me, big man who runs fast, can't go wrong with that, loves football. So Tyree Wilson, first non-quarterback drafted, minus 150, all over it. Um, Second wide receiver selected, Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver from Tennessee, at 25 to 1, why not? I also believe Hyatt will go in the first round, and you can get that at plus 250. First and second tight end selected. Kincaid, to me, is going to go number one overall at plus 110. Not overall, number one tight end taken, okay? Um, Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame, I believe that he'll be the second tight end taken, and you could get that at plus 150, okay? Defensive players. I believe that Tyree Wilson will be the first defensive player taken, and I believe Will Anderson will be the second defensive player taken at plus 120. Cornerback. Now, this is interesting because Gonzalez and Witherspoon, both are going to be excellent corners in the NFL. It's what what do you value most? Witherspoon, uh, more physicality. Gonzalez, more size along with speed. I do believe Gonzalez is going to be the first corner taken. So, again, you could get that at plus 180. Witherspoon, the second corner taken at 2-1. to one. Offensive line. Many feel that Paris Johnson will be the number one overall offensive lineman taken. You can get that at minus 150. Obviously, the odds dictate that. But who's going to be the number two offensive lineman taking? I say Jones to the Jets. 
And so I think he'll be the second offensive lineman taken, and you could get that at plus 380. Why do I believe it's him over Skaronsky? Um, Because Skaronsky, a lot of people feel that Skaronsky uh, will play better at the guard position than at the tackle position. And the Jets, they need a tackle. They drafted Elijah Vera Tucker as a tackle. They had to move him into guard. They need a tackle. So I believe Jones will be the second overall. Um, so anyway, uh, just a few. I, we're going we're gonna to take a, a quick break. We're going to come back. Sarah Barshop is going to jump on board with us. Uh, we'll take a look behind the curtain in regard to what we can expect from the Rams uh, this coming Thursday and Friday. Do they trade back into the first round like Cynthia Freeland is suggesting? Possibly. We'll hear from Sarah. And um, also, we've got some NBA, NHL, as well as XFL plays for you as well. Kicking off hour two next, right here on 710 ESPN.